Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. It's <laughs> a plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what we need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. I almost said episode. Almost. Nope. Almost. almost. But I remembered we have issues. Yes, we do. And, and lots of them. <laughs> of course, the voices you are hearing is that of the intrepid trio, Eric, Kylan, and myself, Mike. I almost said Ken. <laughs> Why I almost that's said Ken, a, I don't know. That's the uh, LMD. <laughs> So, um, but don't y'all have LMDs over there? Never mind. No, um, I'm going to start off with the business side of things first. If you ever want to get a hold of us, contact us at mmg at mightymarvelgeeks.net. Again, mmg, it's the southern version now. Mm-hmm. Mmg at mightymarvelgeeks.net. Uh, check out the website, uh, click, uh, Check out our affiliates, Ripped Apparel, Comic Bento, which is a, a great place to, to build up your um, graphic novel collection. And they do deal with Marvel books every now and then. Uh, Ripped Apparel, I'm sure. They're they're like the, the fan art t-shirt place, apparel place. Um, and they've got a bunch of great Marvel stuff on there. Uh, the shirt that we gave away at Celebration came from there. Um, and then the um, superhero stuff. And, and their big thing that I love to push is the Hero Box. And they just announced, and this is Marvel, it's a Marvel box. They just announced the must-have superhero mystery box, the Spider-Man box of spiders. (laughs) That sounds like something on Fear Factor. That really does. And they come in two different editions. Normally they call them gold and silver, but this is the radioactive arachnid edition, which is $69, but you're guaranteed $100 plus in retail value, and they mean it. Or the arachnid edition, which is $49, and you're guaranteed $70. Um, Every box will include, I'm assuming this is every radioactive box will include which is the gold edition a superhero t-shirt um outerwear like a hoodie jacket or a fleece uh web crawling apparel like socks and underwear accessories like buttons keychains magnets and wallets um spiders maybe even a radioactive one <laughs> um who knows some cool stuff uh i've gotten a bunch of their stuff like they, they've got one for father's day which is really cool again instead of gold or silver these are about ten dollars cheaper than the normal box mm-hmm. you have 
have for $39, I like my dad edition. For $59, it's I love my dad edition. <laughs> this is okay. the Father's Day box. Yeah. So, I like my dad, I love my dad. Depending on which <laughs> box you get, depends on how much love you have from your family. Um, and of course, since we're talking Marvel, uh, they have the hat boxes for Black Panther, Iron Fist, Winter Soldier, uh, and regular hero boxes for Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor. So, mm-hmm. And of course, the Spider-Man box we just talked about right um and with the hats you you could choose the style of hat whether it's the the flex fit new era with the curved bill or the flat bill uh and the hats are pretty the hats are pretty awesome i mean some great looking hats mm-hmm. um so, so yeah, that's that. Um, so that's the business. It's out of the way. Check out our affiliates. Buying from them helps the show out. So it's a win-win for everyone. And also, too, check out our T Public page. Uh, I, I got to get that up on the sites. Uh, it's com forward slash users forward slash WBG Mike. And for this weekend, I believe everything on the on that page is 25% off. So check that out as well. So getting right into the show, great little question to bring up. In the Disney MCU, who would you Marvel cast? MCU. Marvel MCU. What did I say? <laughs> you said Disney MCU. Okay. That is, Mar- that is a task I have to bring up with fanboys all over the internet. <laughs> the because Marvel they keep MCU. saying Disney Marvel. Used. I said, no, it's Marvel doing with. Oh, it's the same thing. No. Sorry, no. no. You have absolutely no idea how corporate structures work. It, it's not <laughs> the same thing. It's just like the Disney, Disney Lucasfilm. Yeah. Yes, they're under the same corporate umbrella, but Lucasfilm is its own entity. Yes. Because I had this argument about, oh, Kathleen Kennedy is also head of Disney Studios. No, no, she's, she's not. not yet. Um, so this was on a Marvel Cinematic Universe page on Facebook. Who would you cast in the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Emma Watson as? Hmm. Hmm. I know who I would cast her as. Okay. Now, she may not be in the MCU because of the the, the X-Men slash Excalibur tie-ins. Mm-hmm. I would cast her as either Courtney Ross or Saturnine. See that? She is very. She's a very confident young woman. Now, the Courtney Ross that you remember, that you see in Excalibur, she's older. I'd say she's like in her thirties. Okay, but I think you could you could make an argument for her, like a young version of her. Okay, like I said, she she's very confident. She's blonde. She uh, she tends to be underestimated, but she is a very in her way. She's a very formidable person. Right. Hmm. Uh, see, I have the same issue because the person I think the, the 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 character I think she'd be perfect for is not really MCU. Um, man, that's a tough one. Yeah, that's a really, really, really tough one. Um, uh, I don't know. I gotta think about that one because. Uh, oh wait, hold on. Kate Bishop. Ooh, that's a nice. That's a nice one. Yeah. Kate Bishop. Yeah. I can totally see that. I could too. Huh. I I was originally thinking, uh, was it Kate Kate Fraser Fraser of Scotland Yard? Yeah. But actually, come and think of it, Black Cat. Oh, now really? Felicia Hardy. Yes, Felicia I could totally Hardy. see that. I could totally see that. Interesting. I, I could I could see I could see her as the quote unquote. Um, Catwoman of the Marvel Universe, that type of yeah. personality. Yeah. 
Okay, that's a good one. I can see that. Yeah. So, um, mm. I guess one of the, the next things on Marvel.com, if you go to Marvel.com forward slash make underscore mine forward slash guardians underscore of underscore the underscore galaxy, you can make your own Guardians of the Galaxy character. I thought this was kind of cool. <laughs> it is oh, cool. Yeah. It yeah. is cool. I don't know if you're familiar with these sites, but there's a uh, there's a site out there called HeroMachine.com that does something very, very similar. Now, the quality of art on the Hero Machine site isn't quite as good as this, but it has a very same feel to it. Uh, there's also a site in Portuguese. It's, uh, the English translation is like Hero Fabricator, and it does something very similar to this as well. Right. But it's it's a great little diversion if you're if you want to just put together a character and like you know you want to write your fan fiction or just put it up there as a it's kind of like an avatar pick somewhere it's good yeah it's just like going over to starwars.com and doing your own rebel hel- your own x-wing pilot helmet yeah so say what you could do that yep oh you sure can well there you go i can make my own rogue squadron helmet i know yes, you rogue could. squadron is no more but still well not yet no. Who, who's to say rogue squadron didn't become black squadron i that's true over a period of time so that I'm is tell, true. i'm telling you they're not done building the new canon oh no, there is not no, there's nothing there's nothing to say that a version of rogue squadron can't show up at some point and, and you know uh from reading the poe dameron series mm-hmm. black squadron does a lot of stuff that we're kind of Rogue Squadron like, so mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. There could be a reason for that. Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, we're not no. saying, but we're saying. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm saying. I'm totally okay. saying. Okay, I'm not saying, but he's saying. <laughs> super uh, saying. Super saying. <laughs> super um, saying. And then uh, you know what? Just. Briefly, maybe quickly, if I can find it, because I can't find anything today. It's been it's been one of those days. That's all I got to say. <laughs> oh, it has. <laughs> How about a little Marvel feud? All right, all right, for it. And this and this one's fitting. Top five answers on the board. Name the Guardian of the Galaxy that would appear that would make the best first responder. Since Guardians just came out a week or two ago, and we got some news about Guardians in California, and maybe some Guardians in Florida news, um, I thought this was a fitting question. Name the Guardian of the Galaxy that would make the best first responder. Eric, I'll have you start off. I'm going to say Groot. Number two. Gamora. Number one. Which was my surprise. Eric, back to you. Rocket. What? Not on the list. The sad part is I can't find I can't find what I did with my scorecard from last time. Kylan, back to uh, you. Uh, Drax. Number five. Star-Lord. Number three. One answer left on the board. Uh, how about Mantis? Eric. If they say Yondu, I'm going to be upset. Is that your answer? Yeah, that's my answer. Uh, okay. Uh, oh gosh, crap, I can't think of a name. Um, Nebula. Eric. But we've gone over the Guardians of the Galaxy. Still one you're missing. I, heck with it. Nova Prime. Kylan, your chance to win it or cause it to go to be a tie. Oh, okay. Let me think. Let's see. Okay. So Star-Lord, Rocket, Groot, Baby Groot. 
in the number four slot, Adam Warlock. Oh, oh, really? They went that deep? Okay. All right, fine, fine, fine. There it is. Yeah. They went that deep. So, speaking of deep, how about that Homecoming trailer? Oh, wow. What a... You know, I... That... that I, I hope that this trailer, after seeing this, I don't want to see another trailer until the movie comes out. Speaking of... I believe this was this tra- the last trailer. Uh, it is the last one? Yeah, so uh, earlier this week, I believe it may have been Wednesday, which is like the 25th, I believe, uh, we got our third and final Homecoming trailer. And, you know, you got some really, you got some really good... Uh, Possibly last one. I'm not, I'm not sure. I thought I saw something that said it's the final trailer. I mean, because... I mean, we got some insights to the suit that I, I don't know, there, there was a part of me almost wished that I had waited. You know, I, it had been kind of cool to be surprised with that on the screen. No, but, uh, so we, we, we knew the suit was souped up. Okay. Right. But, uh, wow. Wow. Um, and, you know, and we kind of, we kind of get to see a little more of Peter as Spider-Man. Uh, right. And also kind of kind of being that teen angsty angsty thing going on with you know why is no why why is uh tony still treating him like a kid even though he is a kid who and quote can stop a bus with my bare hands and that's true but um you know what i'm really expecting to hear out of tony stark's mouth what? in this movie with great power comes great responsibility I hope not. But he's going to say it. He's going to say it in a totally snarky Tony Stark kind of way. He isn't because he's the last person who's even who should be even saying that. But, yeah, you're right. But he, you know, he's going to drop that. I if mean, if he is, if he's treating Peter as a kid with the training wheels protocol, as he calls it, <laughs> yeah, he is. He's going to drop it. He is going to drop it. I'm telling you. Yeah, and it's gonna be it's gonna be like the most ironic statements of the year. <laughs> it it really is because I you know I you know looking at this trailer and and seeing and I know apparently somewhere in there Peter screws up and Tony takes the suit and so that, now that'll probably be the interesting part because Peter I, I get the feeling that Peter in classic teenager form is gonna is not quite ready for the for the flashy sports car as it were no yeah, I think that's probably what's going to happen. So he's going to go back to the 79 Chevette. Much respect to my first car, Blue Baby. I miss you to, to this very day. But, um, you know, and, you know, because then we see him in the sweats. And uh, so, I, you know, I'm, I, there, there's a lot that's going on with this trailer. And I almost, it almost, at least for me, reveals almost too much. I you know I I think you know if you put it with everything else that we've seen I don't want to see anymore uh we we get vulture I love and, the look of the vulture by the yes, way it looks awesome yes and you know I have to admit Michael Keaton as a as a choice that's a bold choice I like it's, it it's a bold choice but 
it was a bold choice to cast him as Bruce Wayne in the Distinguished Competition. You know, and it really was, and I was so, like, I, I was so against that decision because... You know, I mean, up to that point, I had just known him as Mr. Mom. And, yes. You know, I mean, up to, he was rom-com guy, pretty much. Yeah. Or, or comedy guy. And yeah, then all comedy of a sudden, guy. He, and then he's, you know, he's Bruce Wayne. And, I mean, I was worried that I was going to get a dose of Batman 66 on the big screen, and I didn't. No, you know? he brought a very, he brought an intensity to he it. He did. That, now, of course, you see him as Mr. Mom. I always will probably probably see him as Beetlejuice but yes yes but he has that he does not have the dashing good looks of your George Clooney or your Christian Bale no but he he's not ugly no no he's he's a good-looking guy or at least you know he was at the time and I guess for his age he still is I don't know but he has that like I said that intensity that focus that you have no trouble believing him as somebody who's determined to pretty much win at all costs. No, I mean the like the one scene there's there's one scene in that movie where once uh he's trying to figure out how the smilex is working and you see him putting together how the chemicals in this mix with the chemicals in this so it's not it's not the lipstick or the hairspray but when the two are put together then you get yeah. and it, and it was believable that he was that smart. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think and see here's the thing the vulture has always been kind of a uh, he was the type of villain that I would put in that Batman 66 category yeah, yeah. oh yeah he yeah. was he was not really a bad guy that we could totally take seriously no he was like creepy old dude with some wings yeah but this vulture I, I want to this vulture means business and office is open yes I, you know, and, I, and I, I get the feeling that uh, Peter, this is probably the first time that the vulture seems like someone that Peter is bidding off more than he can chew. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I like that, you know, yeah. um, and, you know, and I think that we're I, I think we probably will actually finally see see a Spider-Man movie where that has all the complexity of the comics, because, you know, in the comics, you get this whole thing of Peter trying to balance his day-to-day life of being a teenager with working for the Daily Planet and with being a superhero. Meanwhile, he's kind of sort of trying to handle a relationship and, and he's not doing any of this well at all no. you know and that was something that was in the comics that was very relatable uh the movies uh, the the early sony movies touched on that but they really didn't do a really good job of bringing all the, all those nuances out and i i'm wondering I, i'm kind of looking forward to this movie because i'm hoping that's what we're going to get to see because the trailers certainly feel like that you get that you know yeah, the the my problem with the the previous spider-man movies is that toby mcguire did a good job of bringing the tortured hero mm-hmm. he was a, he was a good peter parker yes not that good a Spider-Man. No, no. Because he was not he was not the Spider-Man that we know. He is not the 
the the wisecrack a minute bouncing almost happy go lucky sounding guy. I mean, he was as, he's as much stand up comedian as he is superhero. And Toby Maguire just did not bring that. Now, whether that's a case of Maguire not bringing it or Sam Raimi not bringing it. I think it was more Sam but, Raimi not bringing it. Well, mm-hmm. regardless of who wasn't bringing it, it wasn't brought. And I think Andrew Garfield kind of had the opposite problem. There okay. was spi- there was Spider Man not as good as Peter Parker. Tom yeah. Holland though, Tom Holland to me he gets it, he nails it. Mm-hmm. He he to me is the best blend so far. Yeah, you know, and I, and I think I agree with you on that because it seems like he's uh, he 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 is the best blend. He's not he's not heavy in one or the other. It, I mean, I think it helped to that you get this his this introduction in Civil War. He's totally mm-hmm. fanboy. Yes, <laughs> during the major fight scene, he's being a fanboy. And, <laughs> you know, but. and does it? Am I the only one that feels this way? Or do or, or does any of y'all do any of y'all feel that some of the best Spider-Man stories are when he feels like he's over his head? Yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. I think some of his best stuff is when he feels he's over his head and he has to he has to improvise. He has to find a way to get out of it because it's it's one thing to be saving the world. This is something I think has has really contributed to Spider-Man's popularity over the years. He's not about saving the world. No, no. A lot of times it's like saving himself or saving the neighborhood or saving Mary Jane Watson or whatever. I mean, his his stories are not that large a scope, so they're more easily relatable. It's kind of like he saves New York, like the Green Goblin's got some kind of poison that he's going to put in the water reservoir and he's got to stop him. Right. Or something like that. Yes, there's gravitas to the situation. Yes, there is. Uh, there's a sense of urgency, but it's not like with uh, it's not like with Thor, where the, the Earth is on the line. No, but you know the thing is, he's uh, one. This is one of the things that I really liked about liked about Peter is that he's one of the first street level heroes in the Marvel universe. Like yeah. really and and but at the same time he gets yanked into that upper level. Yeah. All yeah. the time. You and know, that's, but, and that's you know, where you know he's out of his league. He's yeah. he knows he's over his head. And, but and, at the heart of it all, as soon as he as soon as he gets done with that and is behind him, he's back to being street level. You know, and this and and, and, I, and I, I like that. I have no problem with that. You know. Right. Yeah. I mean it's it's knowing it, and I guess this is kind of like the epitome of being a hero. You know you're in over your head. You know you're out of your league. But you go in and you do the right thing anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, and I, and I think I think that's the the thing about him is that you know he doesn't have you know he doesn't have years and years of battle experience like Captain America. He doesn't have a a, a power suit like Tony Stark. And he's not an Asgardian like Thor, you know, but he's playing, he's playing with the big boys at the same, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know what was, when you, when you think about all that, he's really so inexperienced and at the same time has these amazing abilities that, uh, puts him 
at that upper tier, you know, against against his wishes, I guess. You know, but at the same time, I think that's the reason why he runs back and he's catching um, muggers, <laughs> you yeah. know. Uh, but well, there's yeah. a sen- there's a sense of every man to him. It really is. It's like that that saying that some are born to greatness, others have greatness thrust upon them. As right. Spider Man is definitely he's definitely that latter type. Yeah. He. Yeah. 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 And he. Uh, and but yet he steps up. And I don't know if he. I don't know if he consistently steps up because he's just it's just who he is or he feels like he has no other choice or what else is he going to do? True. He doesn't do it because he wants to. He does it because it's compelled to do it. Yeah, because it's the right thing to do. He knows it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And so it's yeah. it's kind of like one of those it's got to be done. Yeah, yeah. I you know that that's just you no. Know, that, that's the reason one of the reasons why like that Peter Parker is such a, a compelling character. And I think you know with each generation he 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 is probably that first introduction to superheroes or to comics that people so many people have. I mean. He, he was for me. I, I I could tell you that right off the bat. Right. Um, it, it was the Electric Company Spider-Man comic. Yes. Yes. That's yes. Yes. That's what yes. introduced him. Introduced. Well, it, it to wasn't. Me. It wasn't just Spider-Man Electric Company comic. It was Spider-Man being in the Electric Company. Yes. That too. And he only spoke in word balloons. He did, which I was confused when I started watching the animated Spider-Man series. And he's talking. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. You know, but then all of a sudden that made sense to me, too. So, And my favorite ones were the ones where Morgan Freeman was in it. Easy Reader. Easy Reader Reader. and Spider-Man teaming up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I have to say it's because of Easy Reader that I'm the reader I am today. There you go. He he made having a book cool, and I wanted to be cool, so I always had a book. <laughs> and now I have a sickness. <laughs> <laughs> I got a fever, and that fever is more cowbell. <laughs> yeah. So thanks, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> Why you're very welcome. <laughs> That's why you say uh, if he was here. Well, there you go. Okay. So now other debuts. Let's head west to California. Ah, yes. Sunny, beautiful California, home of Disneyland and Disney California Adventure. Uh, by the way, it's been about 11 years since I went over there when uh, when I got the call to be a Jeopardy contestant. They said the taping day is on Friday, and if we need you back in the studio for a second day, the next taping day isn't till Tuesday, the following Tuesday. So we said, you know what? We will make a trip out of it. We spent Friday, Saturday, uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday at Disneyland and went into Disney California Adventure. Uh, We were there before, I believe, before uh, their version of Tower of Terror came in, which which it is a or it was rather a copy of the Tower of Terror that's at Disney's Hollywood Studios. And it unlike the one in, in Florida, it never got the upgrades to be like a totally randomized thing to the extent that the one in Florida did. And as a result, 
I think it kind of like got put on a short list of things to be refurbished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also factoring into this, what is the, the, the lovely agreement that Marvel has with Universal Studios Orlando, yeah. which is basically, for those of you who don't know, uh, they have the exclusive rights to use Marvel stuff, Marvel attractions in their parks. And there is no end date to that that I'm aware of. None that I'm aware of either. So basically what is going on, you cannot have Marvel attractions in Disney World, but you can over in Disneyland because the agreement does not extend that far west. I think it's just like on the either I, the I keep hearing Mississippi. Okay, east of the Mississippi. I keep hearing like variants that say east coast or east of Mississippi, but we'll call it east of Mississippi just to make it fun. Over in uh, Disneyland, you can have Marvel attractions. You can have meet and greet with characters, and there's nothing that can be done about it. Uh, as a matter of fact, I believe Interventions was like Stark Expo for a while over there in uh, Tomorrowland. Yeah, yeah, something similar. But what they are planning on doing is taking part of Disney's California Adventure and making it a Marvel-themed land. And the first step in that transition has been to take the Disney California Adventure version of Tower of Terror, close it down, and re- refurbish it, rebrand it as Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. And at the time we are taping this, uh, is as uh, Friday evening, the 27th, or excuse me, 26th. Uh, at this point in time, then the it is already the 27th. So by the time you're hearing this, it will is scheduled to have officially opened already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, the way it goes is the old 1930s exterior has been completely changed. It's now a very, uh, by most accounts, ugly, a uh, very techno space future kind of look it is not meant to blend into the surroundings no it stands out very much so you walk in the lobby has been turned into the collector's private museum where you see all these artifacts creatures things that the collector has collected and you go into his office where you're about to watch a video you do start watching a video where he claims that he has the guardians of the galaxy as his prized collections well that's when the video goes on the fritz and there's an animatronic rocket up 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 near in the roof of the office up near the ceiling and having seen the video of this this is one of the best animatronics disney has ever put out this rocket i mean i've watched the video i've watched the video this rocket looks disturbingly lifelike i mean the quality is that good it's easy to forget that he's not real right oh and so basically he has escaped from his little display case and the writers are going to help him bust loose the rest of them and from there you go into what used to be the basement of the hotel which is kind of like a you this is now it's kind of like a it's it's the same general kind of layout same kind of thing but of course it's like it's all spacey it's right, like a right. it's like a spacey utility room and from there i mean you still 
still have the same ride vehicle. It's still the same basic type ride. It's kind of like a you know pick you up, drop you down, pick you up, drop you down kind of thing. And there is some randomization. Uh, it does have a very seamless blend between digital effects, practical effects, so on and so forth. It's a very good mix of them all. Now, there are parts of the ride that everybody gets, but then there are also parts that are specific to the rides, to, to like an individual ride sequence. So right. if you ride it once, you may not get the same ride experience the next time you ride it. Okay. Now, James Gun and some members of the cast from the movie, along with uh, Imagineer Joe Rohde and some other Imagineers. I think Kevin Feige was in, in this group Feige as well. This, yeah. yeah. So they actually were like the first among the first to write it. And Gunn put out on his Facebook page the ride photo. And it's one of the coolest things ever. Yeah. <laughs> because it has these people. They're just they're just having the fun. They're not celebrities on this ride. They're just their guests. They're writing it. They're having a blast. So unfortunately, you're probably never going to see this ride over in Florida because uh, of that agreement. But to me, it, it, people were saying they were crying foul. They're crying the end of the world. And this is because it's Disney. Disney cannot make any kind of decision, cannot make any kind of change without making some people upset. Right. I mean, that's just that's just the way it is. Uh, Disney fans are very passionate about about their likes and I've said this on some other Disney shows that people want the parks to remain just as they were when they fell in love with it. Right. Whether it's your first trip or your hundredth trip or whatever, you know, they, they want it to remain the same because if it's changed, it kind of invalidates the memories uh, on some level or it's kind of like, no, it's not what we love anymore. But I think this ride is going to, it is, I won't say it, it'll shut people up, but once people start, writing this more because the reviews have been pretty good so far right about the ride and i think people are going to be well you know this wasn't so bad and so it makes me hopeful for what this marvel themed land over at california adventure is going to be like well you know it's uh i it may it's like you said you know maybe you know maybe once people get in there they'll I don't know. Okay, well, it's not maybe if they just focus on the experience, you know. Um, and you know, I, I get it. You know, I know it's like to have a place that you really enjoy and you don't want to see it change, you know. But you know, at the same time, I mean, open yourself to something new, and you might enjoy it more than the old thing. You know, you never you know. know. You never, you never know, and you won't until you try. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I just hate, I hate that agreement that those agreements are the way they are. I think it'd be so awesome to be able to see, to see, see, uh, that ride on this side of the country, <laughs> you know, but. Well, but at the same time, I think, the, I think it's good that you don't have the exact same attraction selection on both sides of the country. And that's true too. Yeah. So, you know, it's great that California Adventure has cars land florida does not need a cars land no you know you have like the two you got two different versions of space mountain two different versions of splash mountain two different versions of big thunder mountain two different versions of haunted mansion Mm -hmm. i think that's good i don't think that you need it and plus the version of the the uh the tower of terror at uh hollywood studios was better than the one out in california to begin with so it's 
I think it's for the best. I think the more people that write it and get used to it, I think people are going to like this. Yeah. Well, here's here's another thing to, to ponder and think about. I'm now, I mean, we've talked about this in the past and have criticized, well, it's rumors. They don't mean anything. Well, part of what we were criticizing was, oh, it's a rumor, but it's going to happen now. No, because if it did, especially with my park, I'm going to hear about it. Right. Well, now I'm starting to hear things and I'm hearing them from the right people. It's come, It's trickling down from the right areas. Oh. Ellen's universe of energy and wonders are going away. So wonders of life, the pavilion that have not been. This primarily festival center. Yeah. Which is why here recently Odyssey has been a little bit more was used as a festival center for um, Festival of the Arts. I don't want to use the acronym that we call it. Yeah. Proper acronym is FOTA. Uh, my department, we say farts. You um, just did. Um, it's being utilized more. I mean, right now for Flower and Garden, they're using wonders for the for the building. But there is talk of a roller coaster coming to Epcot. Whether it's Tron, whether it's the Tron coaster rethemed for Guardians, yeah, you know, the Tron coaster from Shanghai rethemed as Guardians, mm-hmm. or if it stays the Tron theming, no one knows yet. But Guardians has been rumored; it is being tossed around as potentially coming to Epcot. I still, I think. Again, that agreement makes me think the Guardians is not going to happen. It's because now we that, thought it's because of that agreement. Guardians can happen because Guardians is not part of the universal contracted or agreed upon set of characters. That's why we mm. were able to have Doctor Strange in the park. Well, now, but they're advertised as Doctor Strange, advertised as Guardians of the Galaxy, not Marvel's Doctor Strange, not Marvel. And the reason why it's the Marvel superhero shop at Disney Springs. It's because it's not a park. It's not a park. Which, by the way, that is a cool store. I'm just yes, saying. Yes, when we went, is. When we came down for Star Wars Celebration, that was one place that we were sure to go. So I just I walked, it, I walked in the door and I just said, honey, I'm home. <laughs> I, showed my, I showed my shield ID. That didn't buy me anything. It didn't? No. You should have flashed your Mighty Marvel Geeks t-shirt. I didn't have one. I don't have. Yes, I know. I do not have a Mighty Marvel Geeks t-shirt. But you have I, a public shirt. You should have flashed. I didn't have it at the time. Well, you've got it now. I got it now. I'll be wearing it now. <laughs> Go forth, young man, and flash that shirt. I have the I have the my my Marvel Mighty Marvel Geeks T-shirt. I wore it to Jay and Silent Bob's, and I got a compliment on it. There you go. So, you know, I still I still have my doubts about that. I really do. But then again, we thought Tron was coming to Test Track. Yeah. <laughs> and and, looks and like we it. really, I, I really think that if Tron Legacy had done better at the box office, that would have happened. Yeah. I mean, it was almost like they went ahead and did it that way. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a little off tangent here. So we don't want to go too far off to the left. Field. We don't want to go too far off. But yeah, I just I still have difficulty believing that they will put a Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster in Epcot. Yeah. I can be wrong. I can be wrong, but I just don't see it yet. Right. No. And again, I will still make the pitch I have always been making. Disney, pay Universal $2 billion, get the theme park rights back, allow them to keep Marvel Island over at Islands of Adventure if that's part of the deal. But then we get, okay, so we can't use the characters like they use them in the classic comic or cartoon mode. That's fine. The public wants the movie characters. 
we give them the movie characters. Mm-hmm. Nothing says mm-hmm. we can't put up the the comic or classic look on the uh, on the walls as artwork in these areas. Yeah. You know, though, I don't mm-hmm. mind. I don't mind not having a Marvel presence in the parks at Disney World. That goes back to what I said just a minute ago. Because it's okay not to have the same thing in California and Florida. Right. Right. So go ahead, build the Marvel land. We're getting a full blown Star Wars land down in Florida. No, uh, they are. In, they're getting the exact same well, thing in California as well. Not ex- quite, but close. No, it's going to be the same rides, same shops. It's just going. It might be laid out different in California, but it's going to be the exact same. Mm. Same well, planet, same everything. I still stand by the statement that it's okay not to have the exact same thing. Granted, that's exactly what we seem to be getting. But it yeah. doesn't have to be. But I don't know. It doesn't bother me that that Marvel would not have a strong presence in the Florida parks. Right. Some I, presence would be nice, but doesn't have to. I agree. I do agree. So um, then I guess let's hit um, some comic news. Okay. Only because looking at time. Um, <laughs> we, we have tangented for a while. But we you did, know, yes. It's been a good show so far because of it. Yeah. Um. We're not above rewriting the the agenda for the show on the fly. Oh, happens because, all the time. Because we're a team and we and we know how we improvise. We, we improvise. Yeah, May hates it when we improvise. <laughs> May hates it when we put lights and darks together in the washer too. Mm. That's Kylan. Well, you know, you know, I was trying it, to do that team thing. <laughs> I was not going to throw Kylan under the hellabus. You mean Thanks. like when he when he hooks up the the belt for the washer from the tire through the propeller back to the washer to get the turbo well, wash going? You know, well, we you said know. we wasn't going to talk about that again. It could have worked had I, you know, secured things a little better. But close, you know, close the lid. I told you to use metric instead of SAE. I told you, you did. You you totally did. And you know, if you had just strapped down the lid, my underwear wouldn't have been shredded. And I think well. on that note, we need to move on. <laughs> um, I ha- I happened to catch oh this book on Comicology. I'm like, there's no cover. It's a Star Wars book that's coming out in July or on in June. I need to come to my comic book shop and get this. On my pull list. I called them up. Uh, yeah, it's not available on the solicits yet. Say what? It's available on Comicology. I could pre-order it now. Yeah, we don't have it yet. And we can't put it on your pull list yet. Mm-hmm. And if you're wondering what book I'm talking about, how about Star Wars Droids Unplugged? This is being written and illustrated by Chris Elipolopoulos. And this is a one-shot that details three brand new stories. Um, follow R2-D2 on a crucial mission for Luke. Witness BB-8 play matchmaker for a couple of resistance soldiers. <laughs> and see what Darth Maul's probe droids did when they weren't busy scouting for Gwygon Jin. So Marvel had asked um, Chris a couple of questions. Like, there are so many incredibly defined droids that act as main characters in the Star Wars universe. So what's your favorite droid that plays a central role in the Star Wars story? BB-8? Triple Zero? Marvel giving Triple Zero that love. Chopper? Uh, Chris's response was, from the first time I saw Star Wars as a nine-year-old in the theater, I loved, loved R2-D2. I currently have about 300 astromech droids in my studio. Holy cow. I thought I was bad. He definitely got me beat. Um, mm-hmm. 
Really small ones to a giant R2-D2 cooler. He must have the Pepsi cooler. Oh. <laughs> He's the man, or droid. R2-D2 seemed to always know what was going on as well as being brave and snarky. It was something new for me, a machine that was cool. Um, I'm just going to read Chris's responses because they also talked to Jordi Belair, uh, which I'm not sure who. Oh, Jordi Belair is the colorist and assistant editor, Heather Antos. Um, I'm just going to pretty much focus on, on Chris's response. Uh, there are other countless minor droids that we might see on the fringes of a Star Wars story. What's your favorite background droid? Uh, Chris's response is, I love Treadwell. Uh, 21B, 21B, and even EV99, um, which is the droid that harmed R2-D2. Or no, his, his favorite, which is a gonk droid. Um, he goes, I have all these astromechs in my office, but there's room for one gonk droid. Uh, <laughs> and then he also said, too, there was a small nod that goes out to RX-24. That name sound familiar? Yes, it sounds vaguely familiar. That would be Rex from Star Tours. Um, Jordy says his favorite was the Imperial Probe Droid, and then Heather comes back with Gonk. I love the Gonk. I love Gonk so much. Um, time for some hard hitters. So, what's your favorite droid moment in a Star Wars comic book? Chris said uh, he kind of has a perverse love of seeing Chewbacca ripping Triple Zero's arms off and smacking him with it in Star Wars Thirteen. <laughs> um, Bel Air says the psych out hologram of R two D two in Prison to slay in number one and heather antos any interaction between triple zero and bt1 so i'm gonna leave it right there i think i think what's cool is i mean it started off with c3po and r2d2 then with i don't think we really had anything like that with the clone wars it was still kind of c3po and r2d2 carrying through there then with rebels you had um you've got chopper and an a4 the, mm-hmm. the Imperial right. Protocol. And then mm-hmm. with the comics, it's the anti-R2-D2. It, it's like the with, dark with, droids. Yeah, yeah. So you, you have you have the good droids, the misfit droids, and then the mm-hmm. dark droids. Right. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see those. I mean, I've got the C-3PO R2-D2. I would love to see... I mean, there's Chopper. I would love to see his cohort made into a figure. And then I, I want... I want the other. I want Triple Zero and BT One as figures, and that would make such an intriguing display. It would, and you know, it's funny. Like if you want to start talking like in D and D terminology, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, you've got R two and three PO that are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got Chopper that's neutral. I would say chaotic neutral, mm-hmm. and, to be specific. And then you've got Doctor Aphra's droids that are pretty much evil. Yeah, you have lawful good, so, chaotic yeah. neutral, and. I think R2 would be more chaotic good, but that's just me. Yeah, yeah. So um, let's then head right into our picks of the week. If cool. We, okay. If we yeah, so, talk me into it. All right. I'll stop twisting my own arm. Um, Eric, why don't you go first, since you also had the Marvel okay. Unlimited pick. I have three picks, and the first one is Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme, number eight. Written by Robbie Thompson, artist Javier Rodriguez. And this is something I never thought that I would ever say on this or any other show. Isaac Newton, Sir Isaac Newton, scientific genius, pioneer, and now nigh-omnipotent sorcerer, has come to the present-day Marvel Universe. First order of events? Take down the Avengers. The scary thing is, with his current power level, they don't stand a chance. The Avengers versus Sir Isaac Newton. Uh, Yeah, let that sink in. (laughs) 
I've been missing a book. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, Kylan, why don't you go next? Okay, and uh, I, I, uh, I apologize, Eric. Uh, Captain America, Sam Wilson, number 22. The writer is Nick Spencer. <laughs> uh, artist is Sean Azaxi. And the cover artist is Elizabeth Tork. Uh, this is a secret empire tie-in in a world that's undergone dramatic changes. Sam Wilson takes to the skies again. What is the mission that brings Sam back from out of the shadows? Okay. Well, my first pick of the week is Star Wars Dr. Aphra number 7, The Screaming Citadel Part 3. The Queen's parasites are spreading. Things don't look good for Han. That's about it. Oh, well, he's got a bad feeling about this, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure he does. So, number two picks. Okay, my number two pick is Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 19. Written by Amy Reader, and she's also the cover artist. But the interior artist is Natasha Bustos. Lunella Lafayette has dealt with Terragenesis, Kid Cree, and being recognized as the world's smartest, but her biggest adventure starts here. A voice from the outer reaches of space beckons Lanella and Devil to make contact. Okay. Kylan, your second pick. All right. My second pick is Moon Knight number 14. Uh, the writer is Jeff Lemire. The artist is Greg Smallwood. And the cover artist is Greg Smallwood. What a long, strange trip it has been. And that's that. Okay. Well, that was nice and brief. Yeah. Well, I'll make up for it. My second pick is a trade paperback. It's Deadpool the Duck trade paperback. Uh, what do you get when you take one cynical, anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic duck named Howard and cross him with the mouthiest mercenary in the universe? Deadpool the duck, that's what. When Wade Wilson accepts a mission from S.H.I.E.L.D. to capture a high-profile E.T., the snatch and grab turns out to be much more complicated than anticipated. One unfortunate wrong place at the wrong time accident leaves Deadpool and Howard fighting for control of their shared body. As the cutest merc the Marvel Universe has ever seen, but how is this nefarious megacorporation Roxxon mixed up in all this? And what about Rocket Raccoon? Can Howard and Deadpool work together to get their own bodies back? Or will Wade forever be trapped in a duck he never made? And this is collecting the entire series of Deadpool the Duck 1 through 5. So, Eric, back to you for your final pick. Okay, my final pick of the week is the Totally Awesome Hulk number 19, written by Greg Pack and art by Mohamed Ezrar. Hunted by Weapon X, the war against mutant kind never really ended. The weapons just got more lethal. The mysterious director of the Weapon X program is behind the recent creation of new soldiers, ones that can hide in plain sight and are deadly enough to take out Sabretooth than Old Man Logan. Weapon X's negus target? The gamma-infused glutes of Amadeus Cho. Gamma-infused glutes. That's. I think that's the reason that I picked this, just because I wanted to say gamma-infused glutes. <laughs> when Amadeus is forced to ally with hunters and killers just to survive, what will he become? Featuring Weapon X, Old Man Logan, Sabretooth, Domino, Warpath, and Lady Deathstrike. Wow. So there you go. Well, Kylan, your final pick. 
my final pick is Secret Empire number three of nine. Writer is Nick Spencer. Artist is Andrea Sorrentino. And the cover artist is Mark Brooks. Under constant attack from wave after wave of invading Chitari aliens, Captain Marvel and the Deep Space Task Force under her command is waging a war of attrition. One they may not be able to survive. And back on Earth, things aren't looking too rosy for Hawkeye and his band of renegade heroes. But don't worry. The Secret Empire will avenge you. Okay. And that's it. Well, my final pick of the week is Gwynpool, the unbelievable Gwynpool, number 16. Beyond the Fourth Wall starts here. Gwynpool is everyone's favorite character from the real world. Her super secret superpower? Why, knowledge of the super secret comic facts, of course. But the longer she's in the Marvel Universe, the more her powers run out. Uh Uh-oh. That ain't good. So, Eric, how about your Marvel Unlimited pick? My Marvel Unlimited pick is a total appropriate pick for this week because 40 years ago a certain movie debuted in theaters and pretty much shaped the cultural landscape for decades to come that movie of course being star wars so first of all happy anniversary happy 40th to star wars and in marvel unlimited you can of course see all manner of star wars comics not only the ones that marvel that marvel published themselves but also the dark horse run now part of this dark horse run is Star Wars manga, which was basically, it basically took the story of Star Wars and told it in a manga format. And my Marvel Unlimited pick for the week is Star Wars A New Hope manga number one. And it uh, it's Star Wars uh, with Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie, Obi-Wan, and Vader all drawn manga style. Uh, this is uh, drawn by Hisao Tamaki. I think I may be mispronouncing his name, but I think that's it. It originally came out in 1998, so it's almost 20 years old in and of itself. But it's it's got a real interesting look, ex- except for uh, except for Obi Wan, who quite frankly looks like a Japanese Colonel Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Oh, welcome to chaos. I I am not going to go there because. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, somebody somebody will start complaining about it, saying we're being insensitive, and, then, then and they would totally be right. <laughs> but wow, it was still. But still, the mental image is right there. Yeah, it really is. Well, how about this? You know, Guardians has been kind of an ongoing theme in this episode, um, except they don't have gamma induced glutes. No, they don't. Um, that should be our show title right there: gamma induced uh, glutes. It's already written down. Um, Eric, I think you pulled up this, this, uh, thing from Buzzfeed and it's put together the ultimate eighties mixtape and we'll reveal which guardians character you are. So I did. So if everyone is on that site of the three of us, let's do this real quick together. Pick, Pick an opening track. Let's don't list the tracks. Let's just mention which ones we pick. Okay. Um, and this is a hard list. Yes, it is a hard list. So I have gone with Back in Black. I have gone with Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. Hmm. Uh, well, then I'm going to do... You, you could pick the same one we did. Because, see, I was going to go with Eye of the Tiger. I'll be so, honest with you. So take it. All right, Eye of the Tiger. Pick a rock song. This is a no-brainer for me. And that is? 
Pour some sugar on me, Def Leppard. As much as I like the With or Without You by U2, I love Leopard. I'm going with Another One Bites the Dust. I, I, I got to go with Def Leppard on this one. That could, yeah. Now pick a Madonna song. And yes, we have to. <laughs> I picked Like a Prayer, partially because there is a wrestler from Scotland. I happened to catch mm-hmm. a YouTube showing of this show from the BBC. The, mm-hmm. the wrestler's name is Grado. And in Europe, he uses Like a Prayer for his entrance. Okay. All right. And, and it's just so awesome. You have to you'll have to look it up. It's G R A D O Grado. Okay. But he's not allowed to use it here in the States, so Well there you go. I picked V O G U E Vogue. I picked Live to Tell. Okay. Pick a pop song. This one's a tough one. I'm split between two. Three. Mm-hmm. I go with three. Any one of the three. Well, you can only go with one, so I know. I'm going to go with I Ran by Flock of Seagulls. That's the one I went with, too. I'm going with Take On Me by AHA. My other two choices was either Sweet Dreams or Jump. You know what? I'm going to change mine. Since you you went with I Ran and you went with uh, Take On Me, I'm going with Super Freak. <laughs> Super Freak by Rick James. Pick a Michael Jackson song. I think these are different songs from the last. Uh, some of these seem different. Mm. I have gone with Smooth Criminal. I have gone with Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. See, I'm actually I'm writing, going, these, I'm writing these down, so I'm going to make my own mix out of this. I'm going with PYT. Okay. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. Pick a one-hit wonder. I want to go on record and say that I disagree with Human League being on here, Toto, and yes. Simple Minds. Yes. Yeah. And really, Rick Astley, just saying. Well, he's a two-hit wonder, so. That's true. Devos have more than one hit. That's true, well, too. yeah. But it depends on what they call a hit. A hit. Okay. Toto's had more than one hit. Yes. Yeah, Toto has, yes. I mean, yes. The only, one, the only one on here who has not had more than one hit. Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. Un- unless you count the floor. No. We don't count that one. No, we don't count that one. Okay. So I went with Don't You Forget About Me, Simple Minds. And you know what? I'm going with Rappin' Rodney by Rodney Dangerfield just because I can. Okay. I, you know, I, I, I just can't. I, I, I can't deny it. I have to go with Never Gonna Give You Up. I knew you was going to rickroll us. Yeah. It's a trap. <laughs> Pick a Whitney Houston song. Um, of course, her last two hits was the... the never mind. Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> no. Um, I'm going to say I Want to Dance with Somebody. I got to go with that one, too. That's the one song of Whitney Houston's that I can actually tolerate. Out, out of this list? Yeah. Yeah. I will I'm always love with, you. That's Dolly Parton. No, sorry. God, no. I'm going with you. Give good love because I I cannot stomach. I will always no no. I can't even say it. Pick a track you've never heard of. Sad thing is, I've heard of the majority of these. Okay, pretend for a moment you're not you. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> This might surprise you guys. I went with Waterfall. Don't go chasing them. <laughs> I don't think that's their Waterfall. I no. Know. I know. It's not. I went Talk to Me by Fiona. You know, I was going to go. I think I, the last time I did this, I went with Waterfall because I like Wendy and Lisa. But you know what? David Bowie cat people. Yeah. Yeah. So I got Rocket yet again. <laughs> <laughs> 
Eric, okay. who did you end well, up no, with? No, no, read, read what it says. Read okay. what it says. You got Rocket. You have a plan for every situation, but you tend to go in guns blazing. You're proof that the best things come in small packages. Uh, I guess that's kind of appropriate with the way we run the show. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> or we could just get in last and improvise. Uh, I got Nebula. You've got hard edges because you have a soft, easily breakable heart, just like Nebula. People are often wrong about you, but when they earn your loyalty, they earn it for life. Aww. I just want to give Nebula a hug. Yeah. I I, I got Nebula, too. (laughs) (laughs) Man, what kind of team are we? A rocket and two Nebulas. I'm I'm wondering if I changed one answer, would it it change my uh, persona? Probably Let's try this. Hang on. Well, it won't let me, so never mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. you have to refresh to redo. Oh, well. How how about this for a final thought? Uh, Phoenix Comic Con? Did y'all hear about this? No. A um, a man was taken down. Oh yes, I did. I didn't realize it was a, Phoenix, but yeah. For arriving with two forty five caliber handguns, a point four five four caliber handgun, and a twelve gauge shotgun, all fully loaded, combat knife, pepper spray, and throwing stars. And what was on the calendar in his phone for today, or, or uh, for the May twenty fifth, killed JDF. Jason David Frank? Yep. Who was his attended target. Why is he going after Jason David Frank? Well, he claims he stabbed him in the past. Which is false. But he, he was prepared to go completely guns blazing with the with the police. Wow. Yeah. So why did I bring up the story? Because he said that he believes he is the Punisher. He believes he's, he's the, Punisher. the Punisher. Uh Frank Castle would never do that. No. He would no, no, he wouldn't go to a convention with it. No, no. Nope. He'd stalk you and catch you when you least expect it. Yep. So that's wow. that there. Um, on that note, any <laughs> other final thoughts? <laughs> no, I think you just drove any final thoughts out of my head with that story. Uh, just say no, stay in school and eat your vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> um, as you might be aware, uh, Sorcerer Radio, uh, Sorcerer himself is down in my neck of the woods. Uh, so we did not appear on Sorcerer Radio this week. That's why it's podcast version only. So uh, we should be back on Sorcerer Radio next week. Um, so until next time, Jarvis, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope. Just time to go dark. So if Jason David Frank had gamma-induced glutes, would he be as much of a threat to this guy who thought he was the Punisher? Uh, if he had gamma-induced glutes, then I'm pretty sure that uh, the Punisher wannabe would have brought a bazooka. (laughs) Yeah. Because that is the answer to gamma-induced glutes. Or so I've heard. This is, this is true. This is true. Uh, I never thought I would think about JDF having gamma induced glutes. Well, he was the Green Ranger. Yeah, but that's just because that's what you. He, he, that, that's not gamma induced, I don't think. In the Marvel world, he would be. That's true, too. Man. It's like, it's like Ogre bringing up what if CAT 
spelt dog. Dog. 